0: welcome this is uh, andrew Schechter, host of politically incorrect podcast on ea truth radio brought to you by eternal affairs media every thursday night tonight we have a very special guest but first our most important guest is our lord jesus christ we pray heavenly father heavenly father we pray for our for our guest that he he, all of his future and all his actions that he might enlighten people and your great glory we pray for our nation we pray for our Everything that is just going on today, we pray for the border, the crisis, the people that are suffering, and the people that are suffering in the wars overseas. please come down, and shine your great glory amongst us all, and pull us out of this great misery and give us the strength to guide you through to guide to guide the world through what needs to be done. We pray in your heavenly name, amen with that amen. we have amen with that, we have a great guest today, mando de la Vega, which is a, I believe he's a good friend of the or a friend or recent friend of pastor carl's we've, we've been on our show many 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 times he has a new book out as of march it's uh, my crazy life the moments that brought a gangster to grace and uh, we had a great uh, chat before the, the interview began and said i had some interesting things when i started out about uh, getting involved in witchcraft and and uh, and, and all that sort of things and black magic and some terrible things that went really south so we're going to bring some of that up too and, sh- and relate how and show how that relates and i wasn't in in I wasn't aware of their involvement in, in, in with gangs. So here's a here's a man, but saved from the gangs by Jesus. So go ahead, uh, Amanda, What what's your
1: story? Oh, man, what's my story? First and foremost, thank you for having me. Pastor Carl Gallops is a great friend, recommended to be on with you. I know he's been on several times, and I'm honored that I can be here with you and speak to your audience, and God willing, inspire them, challenge them, But most of all, reflect on what God has done in our lives. I believe that life is made up in moments, moments that can change our life forever, moments that can get us stuck, but also moments that have been very painful to deal with. Yet the only key to unlocking that pain is true forgiveness from the heart. And my story begun in Central America My mother and father seemed to have a great relationship, yet in the midst of it all, it was all a lie, right? It was all a lie because my father became a monster within seconds, lost who he was. There was a broomstick, and I write about it in my book, because I think it's important that people understand and go back and reflect in their own lives that it's not an object that you don't know that changes you. Sometimes the closest thing to you becomes the very weapon that is used against you. And that weapon was used against my mother, which was her own broom. She had cleaned her home with this broom. This broom, we've known about it. It was a part of our family, you know? As dumb as it seems, there's ob- objects that when you look back in life and say, man, mama had that broom and it was red color, and and, and but she used it every day. And But in the middle of all that, My father turned on my mother. I didn't realize the demons that my father uh, was frustrated with. And I think that's a lot. It has to say a lot with people, right? Because a lot of people, you don't know if they're dealing with frustration or their own demons until something explodes inside of them that physically they let out with every ounce of their fury. And that happened to my father. My father was my hero. My father was everything to me. Yet. My father turned on my mother and turned on my sister and I. And when I witnessed my father beating my mother close to death, every ounce of anger, every ounce of hatred, every ounce of anxiety and depression hit me all at once to think that my hero. Now, you have to understand, Andrew, my father never raised his voice at me. My father never even raised his hand to hit me or to threaten me. My old man was a sweet old man. My old man was kind to me and my sister. But yet, when I witnessed my father turn on my mother, I felt paralyzed because as a six-year-old, what can you do? You can't defend your mother. Yet, I saw my mother bleeding in the corridor of the hallway of my own home and thinking she was dead. Yet, that was not the case, thank God. But that will be the last time that I will call that place home. That will be the last time I saw my father. That will be the last time that I will even call that place uh, a place of safety. My mother had to flee in order to keep us alive. But in that transition, things begin to happen. I didn't believe, you know, as a six-year-old, you don't have it. You don't have much, you know, understanding of what God is and what church is and what any of all that means. Yet in the middle of our crisis, it seemed like God began to drop little hints of hope with prophetic messages to remind my mother that he was in control. Yet we were losing control. Yet we lost our family. Yet within seconds, I used to believe that life can change in a matter of 24 hours. But in reality, you lose life within seconds. Within seconds, you go from having to from having a business to losing your business from in seconds you go from having a family home to now an empty home life changes in a matter of seconds and when you lose control you spiral out of control so fast that by the time you gain you know the clearness of what happened it's too late Nothing's left, nothing that you used to know you know no you no longer understand or even realize that it has disappeared and my mother was born in Los Angeles, California, yet my sister and I were not citizens of the United States. You know my mother had to file paperwork in the bureaucracy of the paperwork for citizenship. not understanding understanding that it was going to take a whole year before the paperwork can even be processed. Yet she was challenged by the idea of, do I cross the border illegally just like everyone has done? Yet during that time in the 1980s and late 80s and early 90s, a civil war broke out in, in the Americas. One of the most devastating wars that ever hit the Central America, and it changed everything. Yet my mother said, I have to do this the right way for the future of my children. I cannot afford to go across the border, and my son and my daughter have to hide the rest of their life." My mom had to do it the right way. Now, I understand why a lot of our people are crossing the border today, why are a lot of our people are leaving Central America, South America, in order to find the promised land. Yet, at the same time, the price you pay for that is your life. We don't understand it unless you're in that situation. doesn't make it right. But yet our administration right now is opening up the borders to just anybody without realizing that there's some people in in line that want to hurt America, that doesn't believe in the American values. Yet there's people like my mother that wanted to do it the right way, but the price you paid was higher than what she expected. Yet there was another miracle in that. You have to read the book in order to understand what that process looked like at that moment that prepared me to that to the point that when we got to America there was already uh, the gangster world was already prepared for someone like me that was dealing with you know depression anxiety abandonment confusion hate and anger i was the perfect candidate to become a gang member america at that point andrew had not experienced the inflection of gang members that came out of Central America, South America, Mexico, let alone in East L.A. with the Chicano movement and the Mexican-American movement. America was used to seeing gangsters like John Gotti and, and you know, gangsters from Chicago, gangsters from Philadelphia, Kansas City, New York City, yet they never expected that gangsterism will explode from East LA, California, all the way to the nation to this day has become one of the biggest surprises that America has ever faced because movies like American Me, Boys in the Hood, Blood in, Blood Out, you know, Colors, they gave us a glimpse of life in the inner city. And for that moment, they gave you a glimpse of the inflection of gangsters that now was, you know going through the streets of Los Angeles terrorizing and taking over the drug market like never before.
0: Yeah, and I I, I call the gangsters of yesterday, I call them the gentleman gangsters. Because while they obviously were criminal in, in their acts, they were after money, they were after fame, they were after they were after, you know, riches and and and, and the wildlife basically, they wanted to own the town. The, the gangsters, these—they're a different whole, different ball game. I mean, they're—they're they're just out to destroy stuff. They're out to de- destroy America, pretty much. I—I I don't, I don't know what their game is. I don't know what they get out of it. I honestly don't. um But they—they're really—it really is a terrible movement that—that's going on these days. And you'll see you know, people running into stores, grabbing everything, running out, you know, turning cars upside down, and just get them a little bit angry, and boy, the whole town will burn down. It's—it's—it's it's, it's yeah. insane. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: You know, it's like looking back in the, at the 90s, right? The gang culture had the three R's, reputation, respect, and retaliation. You know, there were some type of values because leadership was in control. Leadership were, were changing things in America with the gang world. You know, at that time, I had become part of uh, one of the bloodiest gangs, gangs that America had witnessed up to that moment. You know, Los Angeles, since the 1990, uh, grew at a pace three times than the regular gangs were doing. Yet, you had had a, a bunch of young men and young women that we had something in common. Our father was absent. There was no father in the home. Mother was not in the home. Mother was out there trying to, you know, make ends meet by going and getting a job second job, third job, fourth job, trying to keep things going, yet they lost their son and their daughters to the gangs. The gangs provided what most families are not providing today, which is consistency. The key to what happened in the gangster world back in the 80s and 90s is that they created consistency every single day young men and young women, we needed consistency in our lives. The gangs became part of who we were, but at the same time, someone said something powerful today that it resonated with me, and I wish I would have wrote it in my book, but for some people, the law, the law became their mother, and prison became their father. You know, and here you have young men and young women that were looking for a mother, were looking for a father, and the only thing they found was a false hope, but yet it was enough to carry us through the next day. We had to create an image in order to protect who we were as little boys and little girls. We were not, we were no more in pain than the next person, but yet. The way we were channeling that pain was in anger, and that anger became violence. That anger became retaliation. That anger became uh, drug addiction. That that anger became a drive to be able to recruit more gang members and make this an explosion like America had never witnessed. Yet, it changed the face of America. It changed the face of the Americas, South America, Central America because it could no longer be the same, because now you had a bunch of young men and women that were running wild without any guidance. And now we found ourselves being emotional instead of being intentional. So many people are doing life in prison because in one moment they got emotional. So many people have lost it because they got emotional in one moment. I write in my book and I detail how the older gang members took me by their wing and said "Hey, listen you 're different than the rest of the guys. We cannot afford for you to be emotional. I, we want you to be intentional. If you become intentional, then you can avoid prison life. then you can avoid drug addiction in the in the late eighties and early nineties, there was an epidemic of crack cocaine that came. In the streets of Los Angeles and, of course, New York City, Philadelphia, and Chicago, crack cocaine became uh, a destructive drug, yet many people were using it because they were trying to deal with their emotional trauma. And I think whether you're a gang member or, or a churchgoer, you're dealing with trauma, whether you're in the church from being abused from a pastor, from a, from a priest, or, or just got kicked out because you weren't good enough to give your tithes, you were not good enough to be a member. No matter what happens, at the end of the day, we are all damaged goods.
0: And that brings us back to a, the question that we were talking about before we started the interview. Um, and you were talking about how there was a, what a hoodoo or witchcraft or something involved. What, tell me about that. What? what how did? Because yeah. I was involved in that. And that's how I got out of it. That's how I became a Christian.
1: So this is interesting, right? You mentioned uh, voodoo, black magic, santeria, and the gangs. Different gangs played with santeria and voodoo and and black magic and white magic because we were trying to get ahead of the game right we wanted to understand that what type of sacrifices we can make in order to gain more power more respect more more you know become more violent and more yet a lot of what's, what what was happening is i write in my book there's a chapter called the baptism of the soul Most people don't understand that when you lose a young man, you lose them because they have a passion to believe something that they're willing to live and die for. What causes that? What causes a a drive to live and die for? It has to be something tied to your soul. When you lose someone, you don't lose them because they fell in love just to fall in love. No, they gave up something in order to gain something. I began to see a lot of sacrifices being made because the gang that I that I ended up being a part of wanted to become a worldwide known gang and then there was another gang that was called uh I'm not even going to name the name but there was another major gang that was also fighting to become number 1 and they will sacrifice by you know beheading their enemies and sending the head of their enemies in a mailbox as a ritual to their family members, and they became known as the headhunters. Yet on the other side, we were dealing with santeria and black magic and and literally giving up your soul in order to gain the power and be able to become non-emotional if you were going to create these crimes. And I saw men and women transform into animals in this sacrificial, you know, santeria and voodoo and cleaning their souls. The reason why, Andrew, is because death was always knocking at our door. Death was always nearby. Death is what created us. Death is what kept us going. Death is what gave us the retaliation, the vengeance. Yet, when you have death always knocking at your door... You have to rely on something that is bigger than you. And we believe that it was Santeria, Black Magic to protect us, to cover us, to guide us, to lead us, to, to give us an insight to the, the, uh, the other gang. And you're playing with tarot cards and you're wanting your life, where's, where's your life going to end up with? All of a sudden, when someone begins to speak to you, don't make plans past 18 years old because you're not going to live long. You have to understand the psychology of how witchcraft works when someone is trying to curse you to believe that you have no life past 18 years old. You have no life. Either you're going to end up in prison the rest of your life or you're going to end up dead the rest of your (laughs) life. Of course, that'd be the end of your life. Or you're going to end up in a coma in the hospital. Is what is called my crazy life. That's why the title of my book is related to mi vida loca. The tres puntos, the three dots that I have in my in my eye that you earned back then, and it was three destinations that witchcraft you 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 did this witchcraft and you did this rituals in order to, to keep away from all those three points to get to right. It became an interesting part of life because. When you go back and and look at the the rituals that took place, we believed that there was a spiritual realm, but yet we didn't want to believe that there was a God. Now, we, we had knowledge that there's a God, but we didn't want to believe in that God, meaning we didn't want to surrender to that God. Yet we were surrendering to the Santeria, the black magic, white magic, and then voodoo in order to get someone to love us and and fall in love with us or we will cast out a spell on other people and we will cast out spells on other gang members. This was a very ritual pattern that why gangs became so notorious because I believe that when you give your soul to the devil, when you give your soul to the other side, the repercussions are going to be big, but also the price you pay is also big
0: and sadly that's where our whole nation is headed look at these you know crazies that are out there these these big all of hollywood is is just is gone i mean they're just satan incarnate pretty much How long were you actually involved in, if you don't mind, in that that gang life? And and how how did you get out? Maybe you can make two pieces out of that.
1: Absolutely. You know, I I spent a long time. I started, I started when I was seven years old. I was already identified as a gang member. You know, by the time I'm 18 years old, I find hope. And the hope I found was that my sister walked into my life She risked her reputation. She risked her life to walk into where my life was now in. And she decided to speak three phrases that was the catalyst that changed my life. One, and I write about it in my book. And I give a detail that how this happens because I want people to listen to me to understand that don't lose hope on your On your friend, don't lose hope on the person that looks, that looks hopeless. Don't lose hope and think that there's no way someone can be reached for the gospel don't don't lose hope and don't lose faith on that one person that you've been praying for. My sister began to pray for me Andrew she began to fast for me and intercede for me. I didn't know what those words were. I didn't even understand what my sister was even doing, and yet She was over here on this side. We lived in the same household, yet we were living two separate lives. While I was doing my thing, my sister was in the closet praying, fasting, going to church, joining Bible studies, going to midnight vigils and praying for her brother. And during that time that she was praying, she received a prophetic word that her brother was going to come to know Jesus Christ before the year was over. And when my sister stepped into my world, this is what most people are afraid of. They're they're afraid to step into people's world and thinking that they're going to offend that person, or they're afraid to get rejected. My sister had to fight through that and understand that if I was going to be a fulfillment of prophecy, she needed to take action. She took action by stepping into my world. And saying, what if God is real? What if prayer works? And what if you have a different destiny? That last one got me, Andrew, because up to that moment, remember I told you, the, the gang reminded me every single day not to make plans past 18 years old. Because I'm either going to be dead, or I'm going to be in prison, or I'm going to be in a coma somewhere in some, in some hospital but not to make plans. What plans, if, if someone reminds you, lock them up, throw the key away on one side of society, and on the other side of society, your own culture, your own gang is reminding you that you're not good enough to see past 18 years old, and if you are, you're going to spend the, the rest of your life in prison, then what plans, what destiny do you have? I had, I I, I believe that my destiny was to, again, was to die or to spend time in prison, or to be in a coma, because everything around me was signaling that that's where I was headed real fast. Yet in the middle of all that, God reminded me that I have a plan for you. For some people, they may not understand the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I can stop right there, and I can go to heaven. Because as long as someone had a plan for me, I'm okay with the rest of it. Most people don't have a plan for people. Therefore, people are frustrated. Most people go to a job and, 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 and their employer doesn't have a plan for them. And then the employee gets frustrated. Most of the time, people get married and they make no plans. They just survive. I lived a long time just in survival mode, and it was exhausting me. It was killing me. It was a silent killer. Yet people are in marriages just surviving. People are in their in their their daily life just surviving. They're going to school just surviving. Everything's just enough, just enough. If I can, if yet, is a false hope because there's no stability. Here I was living my life with no stability, yet I wanted God to change my life. And a lot of people want a word from God, but they're not stable enough to even get a word from God. Because if God wants to deliver a word for you and you don't stay in one place long enough, how can God even give you a word for where you are? You understand what I'm saying? So the gangs became a a place where I found what I was afraid of. I was never afraid of dying. I was never afraid to go into prison. I was never afraid to getting in a fight. I was never afraid to being shot at or being stabbed at or or no. And it's not because I was this great gangster. No. Listen, there's only one John Gotti, man. There's only one Griselda Blanco. There's only one Pablo Escobar. There's only one Scarface. Not every ninety percent of the street gangsters could never be those. You understand what I'm saying? But yet, we were not afraid. Just like you're seeing a lot of gang members today, they're not afraid of any of that. But you want to know what I was afraid of? I was afraid of hope. I was afraid to have peace of mind. I was afraid to be loved. I was afraid to be hugged. I was afraid to know what my future can become. That's the fear I had because everything was tied to my destiny in the street and my identity in the street and the witchcraft and the soul ties. And a lot of people haven't dealt with soul ties, and therefore they're married, but they're still thinking of their exes. Uh Uh-oh, we can go into it and start preaching because most people that are living in, in, in church today are living with soul ties, and they can't forgive those that hurt them. Yet we all need forgiveness, I needed forgiveness, I needed unconditional love. I needed a way out, and that way out was what if God is real? what if prayer works, and what if I had a different destiny
0: It certainly looks like you you uh you, you made it now how long have you been how long have you been out of of the gangs?
1: Oh man, I've been about i want to say twenty six years now. Wow. Well congratulations. Twenty six years and I can tell you that uh it's taking a lot of work mentally, emotionally, physically. You have to understand that there's a process. When when I walked away from the gang, it was not an easy process because walking away from a gang is close to impossible. It would take a miracle. But thank God that God was a God of miracles. And when my life changed after and you have to read the book, you can go to Amazon.com and get the book, or you can go to Walmart, you can go to Target, wherever you shop, Barnes and Noble, get the book today. Because I detailed how I was able to walk away from the gang, but the way I had to walk away is I had to face my past. I had to face my homeboys, the the guys that the guys that were the OGs of the gang the shock callers of the gang, I had to show up the next day and show my face. And out of respect for them, I needed to let them know that I was ready to walk away because the night before, I had experienced what I had not experienced in a long time in my life. Everything I was searching for, everything I was chasing for, I found that on Saturday night when my sister not only spoke to me, but challenged me to show up to a church service, and I heard a man speak about a guy named Jesus that gave his life for me. That changed my life. Yet the next day, I had to face the reality of what I believed in the night before. I had a shotgun in the back of my back. I had a Colt forty-five in my chest and another pistol on my temple. And they were asking me, what happened last night? You see, for me, religion is not some religious experience that took place. For some people, Sunday morning is a Sunday morning experience, a religious experience. For me, Jesus was life and death. I had three weapons pointed at me, asking me what happened the night before. Yet I couldn't deny the power of love and peace that changed my life.
0: And what now you, you've got, you've got, you've got me, you got me in this anticipation. You got these, you've got these guns in your face. <laughs> How did they finally let you out of that room and then, and then and, and, and you never return? How did, listen, I,
1: I, I can show, I can tell you, but you got to read the book oh, because what happened, listen, you got to read the book because this is what changed everything. The moment that took place is the moment that I had to face my past, I had to face my present, and I had to look at my future. And when I had those 3 guns, I knew that if I said the wrong thing, my brains were going to be splattered in that cold concrete floor just like I had seen before when they disciplined a a a gang member for breaking code. Yet the night before I was in the car with my homeboys with my friends getting ready to go do a hit and not realizing, I remember that I made a promise to my sister to go to that church service and then and an argument began to take place inside of that vehicle. And I described the argument in my book on how this began to happen. But something inside of me rose, arose with courage to tell them to stop the car. Me getting out of the car was, was the difference of where my homeboy spent the last 26 years of their life and where I went the next 26 years of my life. The next day, when I had to go and face my friends and tell them the truth about what happened to me in that church service, it was the reason why I'm still alive today. Again, you have to read the book in order to understand. It is close to impossible, but thank God for a God of miracles. And if you know somebody that is in prison right now, they need this book. If you know someone that is in gangs and they're in, they're in, in cartels, or if they're in drugs right now, if they're in a place where they lost hope and they don't feel valued and they feel that they're about to take their life and their own, listen. At one point, Andrew, I felt worthy only to sit around the trigger man, the pimps, the hustlers, the gangsters, the drug dealers, the cartel members, the crime dealers. Yet today. God has a different destiny for me. But if you're listening to me right now, you got to get this book in the hands of someone that you know that is involved in gangs, that is in prison, that has lost their job, that lost their family, that feels like their father walked away and they don't understand why their father rejected them, they don't understand why their mother rejected them. Because I can tell you that when they read my story, they're going to be reminded that if God can use an ex-gang member, if God can save a gang member from the pits of hell, from the world saying, lock him up and th- throw the key away, then can you imagine the plans God has for you right now? There are plans that will succeed anything that you're surrounded with. This book, I believe, Andrew, is a book that would teach people, remind people that in order to move forward, we have to forgive those and let go of the past,
0: and it's something that you have to just get up and do. Um, I've been there myself, um, and the pow- the power of Jesus is amazing. the power God's power is all-encompassing, and I don't want to take away from, from any of your fire from your story because you've got a great a great tale to tell, but I know when I, we were in in Switzerland, faced against up against I think it was eight aggressors that were coming after us because we had government secrets that they didn't want to get out. And I had a one of those, one of those the clothes knives that are, you know, they, they use over Iran, and they were at, at our throats and blood was starting to drip down. And, and I, I just said, you know, Jesus, we're doing the right thing. And I knew we were. And out of nowhere, all the citizens and the Swiss citizens came and just started beating on these people, and just threw them in the, in the, into the river. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Out of nowhere, they came to help us. And the same thing can happen to anybody because Jesus will save you will come as long as you ask you need to ask and you need to want to be saved and 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 bless you because you know writing a book i'm an author myself and it's not easy to write a book people don't realize just how difficult it is and unless you've got a true passion and a true cause that book will never be good it will never come out or never be completed and i think you've done a really great service um, and you know, I get some of the book I had a pdf and i didn 't get to read all of it yet mm-hmm. but boy i 'll tell you there 's some serious power to your work, and everybody should have that, even people that aren 't in trouble should have it, so they can help someone who is in trouble because they don 't realize nobody realizes what 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 the gangs are in and what the and, and what these uh, other the other not just the gangs, but it's the criminal aspect and in people's yeah. neighborhoods don't realize what's involved and how inclined they become and dependent upon each other. And I think I think that you're that you're what you have, what you've done is just an absolute mm-hmm. fantastic asset and service. I think everybody should probably read thank that you. Poem. What is that book again? Why don't you
1: tell me the name again, please? Absolutely. The name of the book is My Crazy Life and the Moments That Brought a Gangster to Grace. You can pre-order the book today. You can go to Amazon.com. You can go to Walmart.com, Target.com, Barnes & Noble. I mean ChristianBookstore.com. This book really is a book of miracles that will remind you that God is a God of miracles, that God never gives up on you, that God has always believed in you, that God wants to tell you how crazy he is about you. I'll tell you a little story. Maybe your listeners would would, would know who these people are, but I found myself being detained by the police, and they were trying to beat they literally beat me to try to get information because of a crime that had taken place. But we were told not to talk. And I think that frustrated them. And I write about it in my book and not understanding where, what was going to happen next here. I'm bleeding. They beat me close to death. And all of a sudden a radio comes on, the radio comes on and it's Dick Clark. And Dick Clark says, in the next hour, we're going to hear about a beautiful family, and they're going to share family stories, and they're going to sing songs. And here I am, I'm going to introduce you to the Lennon sisters. And I'm thinking, this is the last thing I want to listen to, is the Lennon sisters share family stories. And as I started listening to the Lennon sisters sing their songs and share their stories, for one second, Andrew, I thought about what would it look like, what would it be like to be in that living room with the Lennon sisters and their family, being surrounded by love, being surrounded by safetyness, being surrounded by such amazing people. For one second, as a gang member that the world said, lock him up, throw the key away. A gang member that felt like he was no good. A gang member that felt like he was tainted from life and that life had forgotten about me. And I felt like I didn't, I didn't matter anymore. That maybe, maybe death was the escape. I wanted to die every single day. Yet I was afraid to die. I was afraid to live. I was confused. I was just not understanding yet at that moment. I said to myself, I wonder what life would look like in that living room. I want you to read my story because at the end, I share how the Lennon sister came back into my life in a miraculous way. I never believed in marriage, Andrew, and I never believed in having children. Isn't that odd for a gang member? very odd because everyone around me was having kids and they were getting married yet i i i i i didn't believe in marriage i didn't believe in kids yet god gave me a beautiful wife and i fell in love with her and 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 how that came about is going to heal you when you read that story as well because here i married this young girl that happens to be the daughter of one of the lennon sisters Our first Christmas together, December 21st, is a day I will never forget. In my own house, I began to see the Lennon family come inside my living room, and they started singing the same songs, sharing the same stories that years before I heard on the radio without even knowing where my future was going to go. Don't tell me there's not a God that wants better for you. Don't tell me that God doesn't have miracles for you. I can tell you story after story, not because I'm a great person. It's because God believed in me. God had enough faith in me. And I want to tell you, if you're listening to me right now, and you're getting ready to commit suicide, maybe you're ready to walk away from your life. Maybe you're ready to walk away from your business. Maybe you're getting ready to walk away from your kids. Don't lose hope. I want you to just close your eyes and say, God, I surrender my pain. I surrender my struggles. I surrender everything, God. I am tired of being a double-minded person. I want to be stable in my ways. God, bless me. God, I know you love me. God, I know you love me, but I don't understand you. Change my life right now, God. I don't want to live in pain anymore. That was the moment, Andrew, that I began to do that changed the course of my life. I began to join Bible studies. I began to join church services. I began to be around people that had a plan for my life. I got around people that began to pour into my life that 26 years later, I'm still serving God. I'm still, I'm married. My wife is a beautiful girl. And God gave me a set of twins, a boy and a girl. And here I didn't, I didn't believe in having kids.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Unbelievable story. That's but awesome. I want you to get the book. I want you to read the book because I know that you're going to find hope in it. The title of the book is my crazy life. The moments that brought a gangster to grace.
0: Absolutely. Fantastic. My, uh... Mando de la Vega it's been a pleasure an absolute pleasure having you on always welcome back um just let Thank us know Thank you all right we and when, when we terminate this please hang on for a moment we're going to we're going to say good evening to everybody and uh god god bless you you've, you've just done a phenomenal task and and just that book itself like i said being a writer i know what, i know what that takes and i know uh, that everybody should should, cons- should consider the effort you put in that that word needs to get out that you put that Thank much you. effort before it that it had has a lot of value and 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 and, and maybe it will save someone's life. Mondo de la Vega folks, come on back and we're always always welcome.